1: Your Faithful Giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message.
0: There is a word from the Lord. <laughs> I said there is a word from the Lord. Come on, let's make our confession of faith together. I'm in my year of Jubilee, I'm expecting celebration, emancipation and restoration. Every day in Jesus' name, Amen. So, God, we tell you that we are open and we are ready, Lord. I take authority over this atmosphere over every online platform, God, and I pray that nothing would block, stop, hinder, or interfere with the word that you're about to release. Thank you, God, that this is the first of the spring feast. This is a holy moment because this represents when you sacrifice and you gave up your life so that we would have life. And God, we will not make this moment about us, but we will focus on. You. Come on, Wednesday. I need you to lift both of your hands, open up your mouth and release a worship to your God, letting him know you're grateful. Let him know you're grateful. I said, let him know you're grateful. I said, let him know you're grateful. Said, know you're grateful. I'm not playing with you. I said, let him know that you are grateful. God, we are grateful for your sacrifice. We are grateful for your blood. And we thank you that your blood covers us. And we thank you that your blood protects us. And we thank you that your blood washes us and cleanses us. Thank you for your Passover. Come on, Wednesday, say thank you for your Passover. In Jesus' name. Listen, I want to teach for just a few moments on tonight from this subject. And normally I don't tell you my subject until I'm halfway through. Almost at the end. Uh, just, just look at somebody close to you and say, it's supposed to feel like that. Uh, so so this Sunday, we or last Sunday, we started this series called How to Spring Forward to teach you how not to be stuck nor stagnant in any area of your life. And Sunday, I taught you that you have supernatural support to help you in not being stuck nor stagnant because the spring feasts are springing you forward. Come on, make this declaration. Say, the spring feasts are springing me forward. Uh Uh-uh, Wednesday, I need you to talk with authority. Say, the spring feasts, they are springing me forward. Uh, You're going to learn some practical things this month about how to spring forward and not be stuck nor stagnant, but you need to know the best thing you got going for you is not what's natural, but it's supernatural. And for every person under the sound of my voice, every person watching me, every person that's in this building, heaven is about to give you a push that you need to get to where you are going. I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know who I'm preaching to. But you're about to have supernatural support. You're about to see God step in and make happen for you in one moment what has not happened in years. Make happen for you in one moment what has not happened in decades. I wish I had faith in the building. So I'll go with the goers. Would you open up your mouth and say, the spring feasts are springing me forward. Now, the Bible, the Bible uses um, the Hebrew calendar, and the Hebrew calendar is different than the Gregorian calendar that we're used to. This goes from January through December. The Bible doesn't use that calendar. It uses the Hebrew calendar, and in that Hebrew calendar there are seven major feasts. Everybody say seven. Seven is the biblical number of completion or shalom, which means the only way to see shalom is to honor the feast. When I make what's important to God important to me, God makes sure that whatever is important to me is important to him. Samuel says it like this. He says, that if you dishonor the lord then you will be dishonored but if you honor the lord then you will be honored and i'm excited for some of you all because your honor is about to pay off your excellence is about to pay off your consistency is about to pay off your faithfulness is about to pay off god lay your hands on yourself say i didn't waste anything i was sowing everything There are seven major feasts, and these major feasts represent when heaven interrupts your status quo. Status quo means your normal way of doing life. And sometimes the only way for something to change is that God has to interrupt it. God will interrupt your life when you got your plans, you got your strategy, you got your structure. This is what I'm going to do. It's my five year plan. This is my six year plan. This is my four year plan. This is my this, this is my that. God will interrupt your plan. And when God interrupts your plan and interrupts your status quo, He's going to change it. And when God changes it, it's not going to be regression. It's going to be progression. It's not going to be decent. It's going to be ascent. It's not going to be what you thought it was going to be. It's going to be better than you ever imagined for it to be. I'm here to tell somebody what's happening in your life right now is a divine interruption. You pray God do something and God said, I'm going to do something and I'll do for you what you will not do for yourself. I will make it happen. Someone open up your mouth and say heaven's interrupting. Now, when heaven interrupts, this means you had something planned, you had something going, you had something going the way you were uh, used to it, you were used to status quo. And st- another terminology for status quo means slow death. If you are, in fact, not making progress, you are dying slowly. And if you are not advancing, you are dying slowly. And I'm so glad you sit next to somebody that every day they're competing with yesterday's version of themselves and I may not be where I want to be but I can thank God that I am not where I used to be because when I wake up on Thursday I'm fighting with my Wednesday me when I get up on Friday I'm fighting with my Thursday me when I get up on Saturday I'm fighting with my Friday me when I get up on Sunday I'm fighting with my Saturday me when I get to my Monday I'm fighting with my Sunday me when I get to my Tuesday I'm fighting with my Monday me when I get to my Wednesday I'm fighting with my Tuesday me which means you ain't never gonna catch me at a lesser version of myself because every day I am advanced. Sing. And this is why some people have a challenge with you because you are not staying stuck in the status quo. This is why some people have an issue with you is because you don't stay stuck in the status quo. They'll say, well, you demand too much. No, you just can't produce enough. Y'all ain't going to sit down. Uh, well, well, you just have too high standards. No, you just don't have high standards enough. I need you to hear me Wednesday. Stop apologizing to people that have nothing while you're trying to go get something. I wish you touch somebody next to you and make this declaration and say, you're springing forward. So these seven major feasts are interruptions to your status quo. They're interruptions to your normal flow and your normal life. And there are, I've taught you three spring uh, fall feasts, and there are four spring feasts. We find these feasts in Leviticus 23. Leviticus 23 amplified, number one, it says the Lord's Passover. And I taught you that in uh, the Old Testament or with Moses, this is when uh, the uh, Hebrews came out of 430 years of egyptian bondage uh this is interesting because the bible says that the lord tells them to sacrifice a lamb take the blood of that lamb and apply that blood at the doorposts of their homes for you and i we're not sacrificing lambs because we had a lamb that was sacrificed for us (laughs) Jesus was the final sacrifice and his blood is applied on our lives. Watch me. This is why there are certain things that try to get to you, but the blood blocks it and stops it. I need to make sure I'm in the room and online with some people where you can testify that should have happened. But the blood blocked it and the blood stopped it. You should have lost your mind, but the blood blocked it. And the blood you should have got a disease with who you laid down with, but the blood blocked it, and the blood stopped it. You should have died in that car accident, but the blood blocked it, and the blood stopped it. So wherever, wherever the death angel, and, and this is crazy because the death angel was literally released by God to deal with the Egyptians. And he says, If I don't see the blood, whatever I do to the Egyptians, I'm gonna do to you. And that's why I'm so glad you didn't let people talk you out of Jesus. I'm so glad you didn't let some of the people you have to deal with that say they are Christians get you away from the Lord. Come on here. I'm so glad that you didn't let trifling people make you turn on the Lord. Why? Because when the when I when the blood is applied to me, that means everything that was supposed to happen to everybody else, it can't touch me. I'm gonna tell you, you need to elbow somebody next to you and say, You can't touch this, you can't touch this. Why? I know what happened to that one, that one, that one, that one, that one. But you can't touch this one. Why? Because the blood covers this one. For every person that knows the blood covers you, I need you to release a praise for three seconds for the blood. Go, three, two, come on, shout it again, shout the blood. So, so, so literally, the death angel was released by the Lord. And he said, listen, if I don't see the blood, what I do to the Egyptians it's going to happen to you. And this is why there's so many things that try to pull you away from God. Well, I don't know that I believe in religion. Then what do you believe in? Because it's what got you to where you are. I don't, I don't know that I believe in this. I don't know that I believe in that. Why? Because the enemy knows if he can get you from up under the blood, then he can get your life. If he can get you from up under the blood, then the same things that apply to the world will apply to you. I just need you to open up your mouth and say, I'm glad I'm covered by the blood. I- So so the death angel had to literally pass over, had to pass over wherever the blood was. Now, if we look at Jesus, Jesus uh, at the night of the Passover, we're going to talk about that in a moment, how he got to his Passover, um, that literally he's the final sacrificial lamb for us, which means we don't have to sacrifice lambs anymore. We don't have to make any of those sacrifices. He's the final sacrifice. Passover is significant because whenever blood is shed, something's being bought. The scripture says that blood is an instrument of redemption, which means anytime there's a shedding of blood, God is purchasing something. This is why when we look at Moses and his Passover, he was purchasing their protection. When we look at Jesus, every place that he shed his blood, he was purchasing something for us. So when he was a child and they circumcised him, he was purchasing and buying us into the covenant of Abraham. Why? Because the only way you could be in the covenant of Abraham is you had to be circumcised. Circumcision was the sign that brought you into the Abrahamic covenant. What is that? Genesis 12, I will bless those that bless you, and I will curse those that curse you, and you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So even while he was a child, he was buying something for us. Even while he was a child, he was paying for something for us. Why is that good news? Because for some of you, you can relate, because you've had to make great sacrifices even when you were a child. Let's talk. So then, watch me, Jesus grows up, and as Jesus grows up, we now see him having to go through the agony and the moment of the crucifixion. So what did they do? They put a crown of thorns on his head. What was he doing? The Bible says that uh, uh, in Genesis that wherever... We would eat bread, and whenever we would eat bread, that we would do so, and we would do so predicated upon the sweat of our brow. So when they put a crown of thorns on Jesus' head, and it pierces his brow, and blood begins to run down his face, he was buying us out of the curse that said that we would eat from the sweat of our brow. Which means for some of you, this second quarter is going to represent, watch me it's going to happen so sudden and so fast and be so forward and it's going to be so amazing why because he said i already paid the price so that you would not just eat from the sweat of your brow you will eat from the sweat of your favor what does that mean favors about to do for you what a lifetime of labor cannot do for you i wish you touch somebody next to you say favors about to show up for you and in one moment, you can be trying to figure something out. And then a moment later, somebody can be putting something in your hands. One moment, you're trying to figure out how is this going to make it? How is this going to come to pass? And the next moment, somebody's putting something into your hand. But what else happened when they put the crown of thorns on his head? That blood went down his face, so it covered his eyes. It covered his nose. It covered his mouth. It covered his ears. What does this mean? It covered his face. What does this mean? That Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. So when the blood covered his ears, he says, I'm giving you the ability to select what you listen to which means you can talk crazy if you want to, but he just bought my ability to not have to listen. Whose report are you going to believe? I don't have to believe a negative report. I will believe the report of the Lord. Watch me. When the blood covered his eyes, we walk by faith and not by sight, which means you may see facts, but I see through the blood. And when I see through the blood, I see that he's going to make all things work together for my good. May not look good, may not feel good, but he bought that for me. When it touches, are you getting the point? When it touches his tongue, he's buying my ability to call things that be not. So some of y'all, well, you just keep saying all that. Literally, I had somebody the other day troll me on, on social media. And it's a dangerous thing to troll somebody that doesn't care. <laughs> one of the greatest freedoms you can have is freedom for people. It's dangerous. And so they were told me, they said, all you do is say good things to people. All your videos is good stuff. I said, are you, are you, are, are you dumb or stupid? Which is it? Because one, one, we, one I can cast out, the other one I can't. Deaf and dumb is a spirit, but stupid is a that's a skill. That's just a skill. That's a skill. We can cast a deaf and dumb we can cast a dumb spirit out. Stupid, we gotta we gotta work on that. We work on that. And so I said I, and so and so I'm thinking to myself, I said, what's crazy is that you wanna focus on negative when he's given us the ability to use our tongue. To create our world. God said in Numbers, I will give you exactly what I heard you say. Y'all not said life and death are in the power of my tongue, which means I know you want to sit up and be negative and talk your slave talk and do all of that. But baby, I got set free. And when I got set free, I discovered I'm a king and a priest, the head and not the tail, above only and never beneath. So you can talk defeat if you want, but I choose to declare that I am more than a conqueror, and no weapon that is formed against me will be able to prosper. Pierced his brow, covered his ears, his eyes, his tongue, his nose. Now, now you said, what what have you ever noticed that if you can't smell something, sometimes you can't taste it? Because the smell and the taste are so closely connected. What does this mean? God says, I'm giving you the ability to not live by what you feel. I am buying you out of your feelings. Which means when your feelings are like, no, 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 no. My blood just bought you the ability to say, yes, 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 yes. Say the Lord's Passover. That's the first. Second of the feasts that one's concurrently with Passover is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. If you look on the screen, it's right there, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And what does this mean? To remove leaven or error. This means to self-reflect and to self-correct. Literally, when they were coming out of Egypt, Pharaoh said it and did it so fast, they didn't have time for the bread to prove. Now, some of you need to hear me. There are certain things that are about to shift in your life. And and watch me. I hope you got ready already. Because you won't have time to get ready. I just need you to elbow somebody next to you and say, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. uh, For some of you, I need you to keep your resume ready. For some of you, I need you to make sure you got your credit together and you got your credit ready. I need you to make sure that you've got everything prepared and ready. Because at any moment, come here, Moses, Pharaoh wants you. At any moment, your name's about to be brought up. Favor's about to find you. Opportunity's about to open for you. Come on, let's just prophesy. Open your mouth. Say your first or last name. Say, my name's about to be brought up, and favor's about to find me. So, so during the feast of unleavened bread, they had to remove leaven. They had to remove leaven. And and literally the origin of it is because they had to exit Egypt so fast, the bread, they just snatch that bread out. Just let's go. Snatch it out. Let's go. For some of you, you're about to switch cities and it's gonna be For some of you about to switch employment, and it's gonna be, y'all ain't gonna say, it's gonna happen so fast, you're gonna be like, I thought this was gonna take hours and hours and hours and weeks and weeks and weeks. And God says, Nope, this is SFFM, this is sudden, fast. So what does this represent? To remove leaven or error. Error means sin. So during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which happens concurrently. So as Passover is tonight, Feast of Unleavened Bread is concurrent to this. Um, you have to self-reflect and self-correct. Everybody look at me. Um, you are wrong about more than you think. Yes, That's right. No, I need to say that because Christians, Watch I me. Mean, one of the dangerous things about Christians is that they will spiritualize their rebellion. They'll spiritualize their foolery. Y'all ain't saying nothing, I could care less. They will spiritualize it. Christians will come up with stuff to justify what's not justifiable. But I just felt what I just thought, and God is like, I don't have nothing to do with that. That's your thinking, and that's your feelings, and how has that worked out for you? You could tell somebody that lives by their feelings because they're in the same cycle this year as they were last year. But But I need you to elbow somebody next to you and just say, but you're the cycle breaker. Come on, in the building and online. I need you to make sure you're around some faith people, please. Would you find another person that looks like they got a teaspoon of faith, please? And just touch them. Say, you're the cycle breaker. I don't really like the way that one's talking to you either. Let me find a third one. Would you just go to somebody and say, I said you're the cycle breaker. You ready? So... So, so look me. So during this time, God says, "I'm gonna let some things happen that are gonna make you self-reflect and self-correct." J- Judas was given this opportunity too, but he decided to say Jesus was at, at fault. If during this spring feast you point the finger, I'm here to tell you you are missing your moment. Say, Lord, show me what I need to correct about me. Okay? All right? Then verse 8. During these spring feasts, the Bible says, present an offering by fire, which means you sow something sacrificial to the Lord. And this is why I've been having you pray and preparing you because the Bible says you sow something by fire. When, when something is touched by fire, it can never go back to being what it was. When something is touched by fire, it will never be the same again. When something is touched by fire, watch me, it will look different. It will smell different. And when you sow something sacrificially, it changes something in you because you overcome your love of money. Why? Because when I make it clear that God... I'm not going to let any money come in between you and I. You cannot love God and mammon. Mammon isn't money. Mammon is the spirit of the love of money, which means when I begin to sacrifice, I'm showing the Lord that, Lord, this money is not more important than you. You're the one that gave it to me in the first place. For some of you, God will make you sacrifice certain things just to make sure that it's not more important to you than he is. Y'all not saying nothing. He told Abraham, I'm going to need you to sacrifice your son because I need to make sure that your son is not more important than me. And for some of you, I pray that you don't fail the sacrifice test. Why? Because if it's more important than you, you have to be sent back over to learn the lesson again. And I don't know about you, I'm not repeating any lessons this year as what I had last year. Say, Lord, show me what to sacrifice. Verse 10, bring the sheep of the first fruits. All right. So this is the third of these um, spring feasts is the Feast of first fruits. This is Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, uh, generically in the world called Easter Sunday. All right. Jesus is the first fruit. And the principle of first fruit says that whatever the first is, so goes the rest. So everything Jesus is, we are. Why is this important? Because many times people, and again, it's so interesting because if you don't understand this basic principle, you will look at Jesus and say, ooh, wow, look at that, look at that. And we should say, ooh, wow, look at that, look at that. We should be in awe. We should be in wonder. But then here's what Jesus said. But you're supposed to do greater. Which means I see what he did. watch me, to give me the template of what I can do. I look at what he did to see what I can do. He's the one that said I was supposed to do greater works. So Jesus says, "While well, you oohing and owing me. That's great. You sure. But I want to look at something that you do and say, ooh, out of you. Because you are representing me in the earth. Whatever he is, so are we. So since he resurrected, guess what's going to happen to you every time they throw dirt on you? You're going to resurrect. Because he got up, guess what's going to happen every time people are eulogizing you and saying it's over for you? You're going to get up. Because he was able to deal with challenges. Guess what's going to happen to you? You will be able to deal with challenges. He is our first fruit. Whatever he is, so are we. And he sealed us when he resurrected. I said he sealed us when he resurrected. I said he sealed us when he resurrected. Which means, why do we celebrate resurrection Sunday the way we do? Because that's my seal. This means, watch me, that it's a done deal concerning my life. Which means that, watch me, if he and me and I abide in him, then I can ask what I want and I'll see it manifest. He cares come that I might have life and have life more abundantly. That's a done deal. I I wish you'd lay your hands on yourself. Don't even touch your neighbor this time. Just say, it's a done deal for you. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. I want to get to where we're going. I want to get to where we're going. Um, Verse 10, bring the sheaf of the first fruit. Sheaf means, essentially, it means show it. This is why Jesus said, uh, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. They thought they were embarrassing him. Hmm. Come on. When they put him on the cross, when they were crucify, they would crucify individuals on a hill so that the entire town could see the crucifixion and be afraid. And for some of you, here's the enemy's desire: is you have people who will literally watch me try to use fear tactics. Come on. Y'all like say, us- Watch me. You can, you can, they'll, they'll, watch me. They'll use their energy, they'll use their spirit to, to try to intimidate, manipulate, dominate. Yeah. Watch me. Because, because when they put Jesus up on the cross, when they put him up, they thought they were embarrassing him. They said, Look at your Savior. He's not doing anything. He's stuck. He doesn't know what to do. He ain't saying nothing. He ain't saying nothing now. But what they didn't realize is that if I'm silent for a moment, If I'm silent for a moment, in three days, I'm going to be talking and you're going to be gone. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. And for some of you, I'm so glad that you held your peace. I'm so glad that you held your silence for a moment. So when they put him on, when they put him on, when they put him up, they they think they're going to embarrass him. And that was a tactic that the Romans used to try to dissuade and get other people to not do whatever it was they accused this person of. So consequently, pay attention to this, um, they lift him up as he's being crucified. But consequently, three days later, when he gets up, watch me, everybody sees because when he gets up, It's not just him that gets up. If you read your Bible, the Bible says that there were some other people that had been in the grave that when he got up, they got up. And I'm going to tell everybody under the sound of my voice, I don't care what's had you down. I just need you to prophesy, but I will rise again. You can't keep a Christian down. You can't stop a Christian He is our first fruit. And I need you to be excited about the fact that wherever you felt like you were low, wherever you felt like you were down, open up your mouth and say, I'm about to get up. Quick, fast. In a hurry. Sudden. Fast. Forward. Movement. Let's go. Let's go. Look at the next verse. (laughs) Let's go. Then 50 days after the Passover you get to the feast of pentecost 50 is the biblical I'm teaching slow tonight I'm gonna, I'm going to go to second gear in a moment 50 is the biblical number of jubilee so pay attention during the spring feast say during the spring feast spring you will be in a year of jubilee okay all right that's good that was my part but that's cool you can say it too during the spring feast you will be in a year of jubilee and you will also be during the feast that represents jubilee in other words you're in a cosmic convergence. What does this mean? Two things are about to come together in such a way that everybody gonna see. Two things are about to come together watch me and it looked like it was gonna be a collision it's not gonna be a collision it's gonna be a convergence God says I've been bringing the right people the right places the right things I've been getting everything aligned for the right time and it's about to be a cosmic convergence somebody open your mouth say cosmic convergence in other words it's gonna be like oh my god like everything just just aligned Okay, can I go deep? Can I go deep? Can I go deep? Now, the Bible says, the Bible says that even the heavens would declare it. When the scripture says the heavens would declare it, now God wasn't teaching us to study astrology. He was teaching us the power of astronomy. There's a difference between astrology and astronomy. Astrology is the study of the stars, but I don't need to study the stars when I know the God that made the stars. Astronomy is to observe what the God that created the stars did. So if you you pay attention to astronomy, you'll discover that in the last few weeks, uh, there's something that doesn't happen often that has recently happened where there is an alignment. With planets that don't normally align. Y'all like sitting there to me? Which means there's a cosmic convergence. So the heavens are telling. The feast is telling. The year is telling. I just need you to pick this thing up for yourself. Say everything is coming together. Is coming together. Just, on just on schedule. Good God. Come on, let me take you further. Let me take you further. Let me take you further. So how do we get to Passover? Let me how do we get to Passover? Because I, I gotta get to the shout part of this message. How do we get to Passover? Say so how do we get there? After ten plagues, after ten denials, after ten disappointments, after ten no's, after ten delays, after ten why me's, looks at like this, after ten awful feeling moments. Because for a moment, let's just not read this as a story in the Bible where we get encouragement and inspiration. Let's read this as an anthropologist that is studying human behavior and human experiences. So what does this mean? Imagine how Moses felt to get up, to go be told no. And the no is not even because Pharaoh wants to tell you no. It's because God makes him tell you no. What do you do when your enemy wants to let you go, but God said it ain't time yet? What do you do? Y'all ain't going to say to me. What do you do? What do you do when the God that you serve is the one that is seemingly making it harder for you to do what it is that he said for you to do? What do you do when it's God that hardens the heart of somebody that you need to favor you? God is so strategic. He plays chess with himself Wednesday. Which means God will make a move on this side and then jump on the other side and you'll feel like he's against you, but he's not against you. He's just strategically positioning you to make sure that all things come together, all things work together. But just imagine for a moment how Moses felt. Imagine how he felt as a leader getting in front of millions of people saying, today the Lord is going to do it for us. Imagine, let's go here. He's a husband. Imagine what he feels like as a man with his family saying, God's about to do it to only come home with another disappointment. Come on y'all. Come on y'all. Imagine what he feels like is somebody that's seen God do miracles because I've watched him take my rod and turn it into a snake. I've watched him turn the water into blood. I've seen miracles, but the miracle I need, he ain't done that one yet. Oh my God. I've seen him do great things, but the real big thing I need him to do, he's not done it yet. Imagine how Moses felt. He's got Miriam. He's got Aaron. That's his brother. That's his sister. His older brother and sister. Imagine the feeling of, of sitting down for dinner. and say, So God is doing it. God's doing it. Any minute. Any moment. He's going to do it. Well, when are you going to do it? How long is this going to take? Is there anybody in the building online where, where you've been like, God, dog, how long? Is this going to take? Imagine how he feels as a leader to get in front of people and declare how great God is, yet wonder where the great God is. See, y'all don't want to be real on a Wednesday, but I need you to be real because I need you to hear me. It's supposed to feel like After 10 disappointments, after 10 delays, after 10 denials, after 10 no's, after 10 why me's, after 10 awful feeling moments. Then, out of nowhere, sudden, fast, forward, movement. So much so, you ready? It feels too good to be true. Because I've gotten used to no so when I heard yes I almost went back to go back like I didn't hear what I heard because I'm so used to hearing what I heard and now what I'm hearing is different than what I've heard but it's what I've always wanted to hear y'all not saying nothing to me Wednesday say sudden fast forward movement say it Wednesday sudden fast forward movement Ten awful feelings. Then overnight on this night thousands of years ago. And if he's no respecter of persons, what he's done for another, I wish you touch somebody on the shoulder, say you got next. I- God, I need faith people in the building and faith people online. Would you please touch somebody on the shoulder and say, you've got next. What he done for another, he will do the same thing for you. It was on this night, thousands of years ago, Moses is lying in the bed, fully dressed with his sandals on and his staff near. And they came and woke him up and said, Moses, say your first name. Say favor, won't you? Favor. Now let me tell you what wants you. Say your first name. Say breakthrough, won't you? Favor, won't you? Opportunity, won't you? He wakes. He gets awakened in the middle of the night on this night. See, some of y'all are like, I don't believe all of that. It won't happen for you. I operate in the spirit of Elisha in this moment and for those of you that doubt and do not believe you're going to watch other people see it but it won't happen for you now your praise will be whether or not if you're going to be with it, be with it if not, sit there, do nothing in the building and at home but if you say, it'll be unto me according to the word of the Lord I'm going to give you five seconds to release your Passover praise that will be your sign of belief go, five four three two Glory to God. Glory to God. Shout this night Passover. Passover. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Elisha said, because there was this guy. There was this guy. Let me, let, me, let me tell you how to deal with doubters. Let me, do, let me tell you how to deal with haters. Let me tell you how to deal with that. Elisha. Elisha prophesied, he said, by this time tomorrow, thus and so is going to happen. And one of the king's servants said, even if God himself did it, that wasn't going to happen. And Elisha said, look, Mark, he said, you're going to watch everybody else get it. He said, and you, you ain't going to have nothing. So watch me, never fight with somebody that has nothing. Never get upset with somebody that that ain't going nowhere. Y'all not saying nothing to me. Just let that roll off for you. They, yeah. Listen, tell us so don't believe. It's okay. They're going to watch you do it. Come on, open up your mouth and say, sudden, fast forward movement. movement. All right, so let's go. <laughs> let's go. Exodus 12, 31. So this is Moses' Passover. I'm going to show you Moses' Passover. I'm going to show you Jesus' Passover, and then we're gone. This says, Pharaoh sent for Moses and Aaron during the night. Everybody look at me. He sent a messenger. He didn't go himself. Now, why is this important to understand? Because for many of you, watch me, you have to be careful how you treat the messenger. He sent a messenger. Pharaoh did not go himself. Pharaoh was not going to step from the greatness of his office to come speak to Moses. Moses. So I'm gonna send somebody to tell you. So the messenger runs in, wakes him up. And remember, on Sunday, I taught you, he's fully dressed. He got all his clothes on. But God told him, keep your shoes on. Why? Because when they wake you up, you're going to put one foot out the bed, another foot out the bed. Watch me. And you're fully dressed, so all you got to do is get up and go. Ready? So watch me. So, so the messenger comes, and the Bible says that Pharaoh sent for Moses and Aaron during the night. And, and then when they get to Pharaoh, here's what Pharaoh says. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> On Sunday, at one of the experiences, I borrowed a line, the G-rated version of the line, from waiting to exhale. She said, get your stuff. Get your stuff. Get us stepping. You ready? Say, this is the Lord's Passover. Passover. Now, ten times you said no. Ten plagues, ten denials, ten disappointments, ten no's, ten delays, ten why me's, ten awful feeling moments. Ten times I got a no. And now, in the middle of the night, I'm getting a Yes. It was this night, thousands of years ago, that in the middle. So on Sunday night, on Sunday night, I was, I was, I was doing a live. And on, um, for somebody um, that invited me to do one, I was doing a live. And so as I was doing the live, I specifically called out a prophetic word. I said, you're going to get an answer that you're not supposed to get on a Sunday night. I said, it's going to be something you're not supposed to get on a Sunday. Uh, I said, you're going to get an offer on a Sunday night that you're not supposed to get. He so said, you're not supposed to get those offers on those Sunday night. Those are supposed to come Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And so you can get that offer. Uh, literally, when I woke up that next morning and I looked in the messages, you want to know what I saw? I saw, Bishop, just as you spoke, after I sold my seed, a few minutes later, I checked my email and I had an offer for exactly what can I please get your faith to just put some expectancy in the atmosphere? Lift your hands, open your mouth, say sudden, fast forward movement. So let's go. <laughs> so let's go. So let's go. So, so look at verse 36. The Lord calls the Egyptians. The Lord calls the Egyptians, which means during Passover, God's going to make people do what they don't want to. Your God is not subject to somebody's feelings. During Passover, the Bible says the Lord calls. One version says, "and the Lord made." The Egyptians favor the Israelites, and they gave the Israelites whatever they asked for. So why do I have you speak so much? Is because what you speak, that's exactly what you're going to see. What you say, that's exactly what it is you're going to see. Why do I always talk about the importance of your words? Because some of you are expecting God to, especially if you grew up in church, you have a really bad ideology. Whatever the Lord wants to give me, which is why you get nothing. The Bible says you have not because you... Ask not, which means God says, I was waiting on you to put in an order, but instead you came to the second window not having put in an order. Talking about, Lord, just give me something. Well, I need to give you what you order. The reason I gave you a mouth to pray, the reason I gave you an intellect to be able to devise and ideate the things that you are to pray, was so that you could ask a thing and see a thing manifest in the earth. Prayer is your invitation for me to invade in the affairs of the earth. And until you invite me in, good luck with that, Chuck. All right, watch, watch, watch. We're about to get to our shop. I just want to teach. Let's go to second gear. The Lord caused the Egyptians to look favorably on the Israelites. Say, I will be favored by everybody that sees me. Because it wasn't just Pharaoh that needed to favor them every Egyptian house they went to to say, hey, let me get them clothes up off of you hey, let me get some gold up out of you hey, let me get some silver every house they went to had to favor them and I'm here to tell some of y'all during this second quarter during these spring feasts you're about to be irresistible what are you saying to me, Bishop? everybody that looks at you is going to favor you what is favor? it's preferential treatment it's when a superior leans towards one that is inferior to give them an advantage open your mouth say, I'm about to have an advantage the Lord the Lord when he do that this night the Lord caused the Egyptians to look favorably on the Israelites for 430 years you thought you were better than us for 430 years you looked at me crazy y'all ain't gonna say nothing for 430 years for 430 years, you had a whole attitude. And now you're talking about anything else you need? you yeah, I'm going to say 90. Oh, my God. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Would you touch somebody on the shoulder to say, expect to hear these words. Say, would you like anything else? Oh, my God. My faith is on like 99,000. 99, They gave the Israelites exactly what they asked for. Verse 42, on this night, what night? Tonight. When? Thousands of years ago. Passover means he's a promise-keeping God. On this night. Now, for some of you keep saying, yeah, in a few years, shut up. Your doubt is annoying. Come on, open your mouth and make this declaration and say, this night reminds me he's a promise keeper and he's not gonna risk his reputation playing with you he's not gonna risk his reputation lying to you i need you to open up your mouth please one more time say sudden fast forward movement that's moses passover this is jesus passover luke 22 and 1. luke 22 and 1 watch the bible the passover Talk, talk Wednesday. It's on the screen. Some, some of y'all looking at me. It's on the screen. The Passover was what? Verse 2. Watch what happens during the season of the Passover. And the chief priests and scribes were looking for a way to put Jesus to death. What happens during Passover? You're going to begin to see demonic activity amongst people. You're going to see witches begin to gather. You're going to see warlocks begin to gather. You're going to see cliques begin to gather. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You're going to see people begin to gather. They literally came together during this time. And what's amazing, look at the screen, look at the screen. The verse says, the verse says, put it up for me, please. The previous verse. And the chief priests and scribes, writers. Okay, what are you writing? You're writing the tale. Translation, gossips. And the chief priests and those that were looking for something negative to say, they were looking for a way to put Jesus to death. So whenever you come into the spring feast, you have to expect and anticipate demonic activity. It's quiet in the building you have to anticipate demonic activity you have to anticipate crazy stuff happening right look at verse three then satan entered judas iscariot stop which means judas didn't always act like this he only act like this when the feast was approaching because he was trying to get jesus off of his mission and i need you to make this declaration when they say but i will remain focused i say it again say but i will remain focused Now, do you notice? 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 notice? Now, I don't know. Maybe you can't hear that buzz that's starting all of a sudden while I'm teaching on demonic activity. Y'all not hearing nothing. It's things that will become to come up to try to distract you, to try to get you off of your focus. But Wednesday, I need you to open up your mouth and and make this declaration and say, I will not be distracted. Now, put a praise behind your declaration. I said put a praise behind your declaration in this building and online. Come on, open your mouth and say I will not be distracted it says, then Satan entered Judas Iscariot, who was one of the 12. He didn't always act like this, but he's beginning to act like this. All of a sudden, because Satan has entered him, because Satan thinks, I finally got my moment. I'm going to get Jesus, and I'm going to get him during what's supposed to be a supernatural time. During what's supposed to be a time of celebration. Watch me. I'm going to try to cause confusion. During what should be his go up, I'm going to try to bring him down. During what should be a moment where he's rejoicing, I'm going to try to start some mess to cause regression. But the devil is a liar and his broke down mama is too. I need you to open up your mouth, please say sudden fast forward movement. Look at this. Now Satan, uh, then Satan entered Judas Iscariot who was one of the 12. He was, watch me. You always know who a Judas is because they're already around you. A Judas is never going to be a stranger. It's never going to be somebody you do not know. It's never going to be somebody that's not already sitting at your table. Whenever you're dealing with a Judas, you're going to know exactly who they are. And here's the truth. You shouldn't be surprised at who they are either because you've been catching the clues the whole time. Y'all not going to say nothing. People talk about red flags. I need you to look at the red flakes. Come on here. Because sometimes there's been a trail that people have left behind them and what they say and what they act and what they do and how they talk and what they they did not say, and what they did not do, and how they did not act, then Satan entered Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, and Judas' name, I feel like preaching now, and Judas' name, it means a peephole in a door, which means Judas was trying to get some inside information, because he was never really with you, he was trying to get a come up. But then on the other side, Judas is a peephole that reveals to me, I am at a door that's about to open for me. See, Judas, you thought that you were looking in on me, but really, I was looking on my future. And it's about to be sudden, fast, forward, movement. Wednesday, open your mouth, please say it. Say sudden, fast, forward, movement. Say it again. Say sudden, fast, forward, movement. One more time. Say sudden, fast, forward, movement. Look at this, verse 4. So Judas goes to discuss with the chief priests and the temple officers how they might betray him to Jesus. Everybody look at me. It is impossible for somebody to be with you and also be with your enemy. If you are with those that do not like me, by default you are against me. There's no playing both sides. And you better make sure you pick the right side because one side won, the other side died. I wish... So they're trying to create confusion. So they go, and they go to discuss with the chief priests and the temple officers how they might betray him to Jesus. Pay attention. And the Bible says, verse 5, they were delighted and agreed to give him money. Look at me. Judas was already stealing from Jesus. So while you're greedy behind now, you're trying to get some more money. for. Watch me. You'll be shocked at how easily people would trade you some people will do you dirty for 50 dollars a sunday y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me some people will do you dirty just to have somebody like them and appreciate them but i'm so glad that jesus survived his judas it was on this day two thousand years ago i need you to elbow somebody and say you will survive you will i don't like the way they said it elbow somebody with authority and say you will survive I- Oh, yeah, it's about to be some sudden fast-forward movement. It's about to be some sudden fast-forward movement. It's about to be some sudden fast-forward movement. Well, the Bible says they were delighted, which means Judas came up with the plan. You miss me. Judas came up with the plan. They didn't bring the plan to Judas. Judas brought the plan to them. Which means Judas came up with this plan. After he found out, watch me, he, he's thinking, he's, thinking, he's got to be thinking, Jesus is eventually going to find out who I really am. He's eventually going to find out that I've been stealing from him. And and Jesus is like, Mark, I've known the whole time. Like, I just chose not to say nothing. But I've known the whole time. Don't confuse my silence as stupidity. I just recognize, watch me, he makes my enemies, my footstool. I didn't want you to get up off your back. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. I needed to make sure I had somebody to Step up on. I need some faith in the building because it was on this day, 2,000 years ago, that the enemy thought he had our Savior. But there was some sudden, fast forward movement. That was Moses' Passover. This is Jesus' Passover. We got to go. This is Jesus' Passover. Look at this. Verse 15. Verse 15. He says, But uh, uh, actually, let me go to verse 6. Let's go to verse 6. Judas began to look for an opportunity. Betray him. You would really appreciate the Lord more if you understood just how many plots, plans, schemes, tricks that people have sat up and contrived with the intent to try to cause harm to you. Look what the scripture says. He began to look for an opportunity. So while Jesus is, at the, Jesus is doing what he's doing, Jesus is doing a healing crusade, Judas is like, is this my moment? When Jesus is in a meeting, Jesus, Judas is like, is this my moment? He was looking for a moment to betray him. And what's crazy about it is it was Judas' idea, but look at the very next verse. It says, verse 15, Jesus says this, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before my suffering. Now, I want you to pay attention. Jesus knew the whole time, but yet he decided not to address it. And for some of you, everything doesn't need to be. Y'all not going to talk Wednesday. Y'all everything don't need. I don't, There's nothing to say. There's certain things where there's nothing to address. Why? Because, Judas, you're going to do what you're going to do. Ooh, but, Judas, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And you just better make sure it was worth it. Oh, my God. I'm going to tell y'all somebody's about to be mad because they're going to realize they shouldn't have done you like they did you. Would you elbow somebody and say, sudden fast forward movement? Now look, now look, this is Jesus' Passover. This is Jesus' Passover. He says, look at me. He says, I desire to eat this Passover with you before my suffering. Which means Jesus said, I can't avoid this. I can't pray my way out of this. Look at me. You can't give your way out of this. You can't sow your way out of this. Jesus said, I just wanted to eat with you one more time. Because I'm about to go through something. But when I come out of this, I will have a name that is above. And at that name, every knee is going to have to pop and every tongue's going to have to confess. Everybody listen to me. There are some things you are just going to have to go through. He said, I wanted to eat this Passover with you before my suffering. Verse 22, the Son of Man will go. This is where it gets real good to me. Will go as it has been determined, but woe to the man who betrays him. So pay attention. Verse 22 says, this has already been predetermined. This has to happen. Because if Judas don't do what he does, I never get crucified. I never shed blood. I never shed blood. I never buy all of those things I told you a moment that he bought for us. If he never buys those things, then that means we never have life. We never have life. That means we are never given the promise. So Judas has to do what he has to do. But what Judas doesn't know is that this was all part of the... Would you please open your mouth with it and say, it's all, it's all part of the plan. That's why Jesus was able, watch me, that's why Jesus was able to deal with it. Why? Because he was like, this is the plan. I ain't tripping. I ain't mad. You ain't mad? Hell no. I, you ain't frustrated? No. I'm not cussing. Come on, they on it. Hell, go hit a hot trash. No, that's a trashy thing to be angry. I need mean, some of y'all, when stuff happens on your job, like, ooh, ain't you mad? Mm-mm. When stuff happens with your family, your family, When stuff happens with your friends, mm-mm. Why? It had to happen because this has been determined. Please look at somebody next to you and say, it has to happen. Look at verse 24. Now, while Jesus is sitting there trying to eat his last meal with them, watch the Passover. Because tonight's message is called, it has to feel like this. Um, literally several weeks ago. I was talking to a pastor and and we were talking about um, growth and some different things and different things he was going through. And he said, I just feel like this. And I asked him the question, I said, Well, how do you know what it's supposed to feel like if you've never felt it before? I said, How is it supposed to feel? He said, Well, you know, he said, Dog, that's a good question. I said, I know. I said, The problem is you have predetermined how it's supposed to feel, but you've never felt this before. So you are saying that it's not working when it is working, you've just never felt it work you ready? Yes, I said, you ready? Yes, All right, watch me. Look at this. He says, uh, while Jesus is sitting his last meal with them, look at verse 24. A dispute also arose amongst the disciples of which of them would be considered the greatest. I'm, Jesus trying to have his last meal. And these fools are talking about which one going to be the greatest. So during the feast, don't be surprised if there's a lot of unfocused energy around you. So we got demonic activity. We got a lack of... Jesus is like, the Son of Man is about to be betrayed. I want to know who's going to be the greatest, though. The Son of Man is about to be betrayed. But I want to know, I want to know that... And Jesus, Okay, so Jesus is sitting there at the table. Jesus is sitting there at the table. Imagine the feeling. Imagine the feeling of, you don't even care how I feel. You just focused on you, and everything you got is because of what I spoke. But, but in my moment, I'm trying to eat and have a meal with you, and you asking me who gonna be the greatest. Okay, all right. So we gotta lack like of focus. Look at this part. Say so it's supposed to feel like that. Don't be mad if other people don't share in your suffering. You going look at me. Look at me. You are gonna have to suffer this one by yourself. Okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. All right, verse 34, verse 34. Peter's like, Jesus, I know you're talking to these other ones. By this time, Judas has already gotten up. Because Jesus says to him, go do what you need to do quickly. He's like, go. All right? and, and, and so Peter's like, Jesus, this is never going to happen. I'm never going to walk away from you. Did I talk about say? Let me tell you when you need to put the clock on when people are about to leave you. is when they tell you they never will. When they tell you they ain't never going to go away from you, hey, Siri, add to my reminders. Because <laughs> they gone. Because they were answering a question you never asked to try to cosign for themselves. So, so Peter's like, I ain't never going to leave you. Jesus, Jesus is like, look what he says. Peter, you will have denied three times that you know me before the rooster even crows. So think about this. Okay, I'm dealing with, Judas just got up from the table. Peter, you're telling me you're never going to leave me at the table. uh, Watch me. The, The Passover's here. I'm supposed to be celebrating and having a good moment. And I am surrounded by people who aren't sharing in my suffering. Somebody say, but it's supposed to feel like that. Okay, all right, look at verse 42. So Jesus, they get up from the meal. They go to the garden of Gethsemane. So they finish eating and they go for a walk. Once they go for a walk, Jesus is like, y'all stay here while I go pray. All right? He only takes Peter, James, and John. Pay attention. He doesn't take everybody with him to pray because he recognizes that this moment is not a moment for everybody to be a part of. Y'all still with me? Y'all still with me? Make this declaration. Please say it's supposed to feel like this. So. Jesus goes and he prays. And when he prays, look at the screen. He says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. He prays that three times. On the final time, we see what he says. But not my will, but your will be done. Okay, now, Jesus, if you knew this the whole time, why are you asking for him to change his mind? Because sometimes when you're in the midst of sudden fast-forward movement, you didn't know that it came with suffering. sometimes when you're in the middle of sudden fast forward movement, you didn't know that it came with grief. Sometimes when you're in the middle of sudden fast forward movement, you didn't know that it was going to come with demonic activity. You didn't know that it was going to come with people with a lack of focus. You didn't know that it was going to come and feel like this. So three times he says, please let this pass. Please let this pass. Please let this pass. And each time he goes back and checks on the guys that are supposed to be praying with him and they're not praying with him. And so he's like, get up, man. Come on, let's go. And like, okay, we, we got you, we got you, we got you, we got you. And imagine the loneliness of the moment that the only one I got right now is me. What do you do when the only one you can bank on It's not that they are not people around you. You just can't count on them. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. Amen. What do you do? Somebody say, it's supposed to feel like that. Share with authority. it's supposed to feel like that. It's After Jesus says, nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. Verse 43. Then an angel appeared from heaven and appeared to him and strengthened him. He only got strength when he submitted. And for many people, you want strength to submit. That's not how he works. You submit, then it gives you strength. Lord, help me to do this. God's like, nope, do it, and I'll help you when you're doing it. But I'm not going to help you until you do it. I'm going to give you strength after you submit. Come on, let's go old school. Please in the building and online, lift your hands. Say, Lord, I give you my yes. 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 Yes, Lord. Come on, y'all. I need to hear a yes in the building. I need to hear a yes online. Drop it in the comments. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, Wednesday. Tell them. Say, you have my yes. Yes. Look at verse 44. And in his anguish. It's supposed to feel like this. It's Passover. It's supposed to feel
1: like this.
0: And in his anguish, he prayed more earnestly. So in other words, the worse it felt, the harder he prayed. You have been angry and prayed? Yeah. And when you, them angry prayers are different. Because you be walking that flow. And I mean, you be, and I rebuke, and I bind them. Your tongue sound like bullets. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. And in his anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. So he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's playing rough. And as he's praying, his blood is dripping on the floor. It's dripping on the ground. And he's thinking to himself, is this how this is supposed to feel? Is this how this is supposed to feel? Is this the cost to have a name that's above every name? Is this the cost? This this is the price that has to be paid? Say it's supposed to feel like that. Verse 45. When Jesus rose from prayer, he found them asleep. Luke gives the summary. He's a doctor. Take two of these, call me in the morning. When Jesus rose from prayer, he found them asleep. Now, there's a punctuation issue in the translation because it says he found them asleep, comma, exhausted from sorrow. Look at me. They weren't the ones exhausted. He was the one that was exhausted. Is there anybody in this building or online where you've had to say, God, I'm exhausted? <laughs> Wave at me. You're like, God, I'm exhausted. Day after day after day, I'm exhausted. But I'm going to tell you in Passover, you're about to get a press. Please, Wednesday, on Passover, you're about to get a press. Come on, open your mouth and say, God, I need a press. Look at this. Look at this. He was exhausted from sorrow. Verse 47. A crowd arrived, led by the man called Judas. Now, this is deep because, Luke, you've been teaching us about Judas the whole time. And look at how you refer to him, the man called, which means this spirit doesn't even have him acting like who he is. During the feast, be prepared for people to not act like who they are. Be prepared for words not to match actions. Talk. Look what the Bible says. The man called Judas. You've been talking about Judas the whole verse. Why is he the man called Judas? Because this thing has overtaken him, and he's convinced he's right. And because he's convinced that he's right, he's going to do everything to do you wrong. Is it supposed to feel like this? Look at me. Let me. Let me. He approached Jesus to kiss him. Now that's deep. Say passive-aggressive possession. Passive-aggressive. So, <laughs> so, so why would he kiss him? In the Hebrew culture, it was normal for men to greet one another with a kiss. It was normal. So there was nothing unusual about that. But you're coming to betray me. So why are you kissing me? You ready? I just did a podcast about this. I've taught this before. To get Jesus in his emotions. So now Jesus is like, why are you going to do me like this, Judas? I, I love you, Judas. I'm here for you, Judas. He says to him, you betray the son of man for the kiss? Judas kisses him on the cheek. Jesus doesn't give in. Help somebody say, don't give in, don't give in. to the emotions of the moment. Say, steadfast. 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 Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Everybody stand in the building online. Here, here's here's these last few verses. Um, when you read them, they're deep. Listen, to this verse fifty three. But this hour belongs to you, and the power of darkness. He says, "Have your little moment." Because once Judas kisses him, they come to seize him. Jesus looks at Judas. He says, This hour belongs to you. He's like, Enjoy it. I need you to hear me. Elbow somebody close to you, say, It's just just an hour. What do you do when God lets it look like? Everything you've prayed for, everything you've worked for, everything you believe for, the answer is no. That's deep. Because he's like, it's it's dark. This
1: looks awful.
0: He says, but you only get one hour. This hour belongs to you. <laughs> Y'all better hear me. 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 me hear me. Look at me. Look at me. In the building and online. Look at me. I'm gonna look at this camera right here. Look at me. It will not last forever. It will not last forever. If you can survive the hour. So look, this is Passover. This is, is it supposed to feel like this? Say yes. yes. Verse 62. But he went outside and wept bitterly. So Peter goes, denies him. And Peter begins to weep bitterly because he's like, oh, my God, I said I wasn't going to do it. And I'm doing exactly what I said I wasn't going to do. And you know what's crazy about Peter is Peter never goes to fix it. Oh, wow. But during Passover, we do what? Self-reflect, self-correct. Self-reflect. All he did was weep. He never went to Jesus. Because in that moment, he's like, it's too late. I need you to elbow somebody and say, it's never too late. Say, you got a pulse? Tell him, you got a pulse? He still has a plan. Last two verses, verse 63. So they began to mock him and beat him. They blindfolded him and they kept demanding, prophesy, who hits you? this supposed to feel like this so now I got to go in the spirit to figure out who my devil is now I got to go pray to figure out who's who's the one inflicting these blows against me look verse 65 they said many other blasphemous things against him this is what was necessary So that we could have life and life more abundantly. In the building, end online, close your eyes, lift your hands, say, Father, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for what you endured, for what you went through, for what you suffered through, for what you dealt with. It gives me an example of what I can overcome it's a supernatural moment say it it's a supernatural moment but that doesn't mean there may not be some suffering moments but I got this because God's got me in Jesus name in the building and online, if you're not a Christian, today's your day. Secondly, if you've given your life to the Lord but you've not been faithful, today's your day to recommit yourself to the Lord. Thirdly, if you're like, Bishop, I don't know where things stand with God, but I want to be sure wherever you're at, on the count of three, in the building, you're going to slip your hand up online. You're going to do the hand-waving emoji and say, it's me. You're going to join the 760 people already this year that have given their lives to the Lord. Today, On today's pop-up alone, 20 people gave their lives to the Lord, y'all. God is so faithful. In the last two days, over 50 in the last two days, Thursday and uh, today, or Tuesday and today. Today, if that's you, you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself, Lord, be sure. On three, you're gonna slip your hand up online, do the hand-waving emoji, or say it's me. Say it's supposed to feel like this, but it's just an hour.
1: <laughs>
0: Whatever you face, it's temporary. For those of you grieving right now, it won't be forever. For those of you angry right now, it won't be forever. For those of you struggling through some things right now, it won't be forever. For those of you who your circle has changed on you, it won't be forever. It won't be. You need to become a Christian. commit yourself, to Lord, to be sure. On three, slip your hand up or do the hand with your emoji online. One, two, three. If that's you, hand up in the building or online. Do the hand with your emoji or say it's me wherever you're at. Church, we celebrate when people give their lives to the Lord. Everybody pray this with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. If I fall, if I fail, give me the grace to get back up again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, take your phone out, scan the QR code on the screen, or text Harvest at 55498.
1: Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So, just text the word decision to 55498. We'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you, and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner